We got, uh, we got right into the heart last Wednesday of something I think that's critical, and that is most people don't realize that there are patterns to answers in the Bible. There are patterns to miracles in the Bible. And this series is on faith and prayer. Now, probably 30 years ago, I learned from one of my fathers in the faith, Dr. Fred Price, that if you can identify a principle in the Bible, then you can repeat it. And you can not only repeat it, you can repeat it over and over and over and over and over. And uh, so, for example, the widow at Zarephath, she sowed a seed. She was starving. She sowed a seed, and she reaped a harvest. So that's a pattern. And then also, you know it's a pattern because it's not a one-off situation. You see it repeated in the Bible. Well, the same thing is true of New Testament miracles. And last, the last two Wednesdays, we mentioned this verse, John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And so we've been, we were saying last Wednesday that Jesus' faith was in his word and that all Jesus' works were a result of his words. And I've shared a testimony. I'm not going to go back through that. But when I got to the house last Wednesday evening, walked into my office, the Holy Spirit said to me, you didn't tell them how you were praising me and you didn't tell them how you came to that decision. I'm not going to go all the way back through that, but I am going to give you those two answers that he said I didn't give you last Wednesday. Uh, there are times, you know, I thank the Lord. We're coming up to my favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. The whole idea of stopping, pausing, and giving thanks is uh, my favorite holiday. Of course, you know, we live in a society where everybody's moaning and groaning and complaining even though everybody, you understand, somebody on welfare in the United States of America is richer than most people around the world. And, but it's just nothing but a string of complaints about everything. Uh, so I love the idea of stopping and giving thanks. So there are times I'll thank the Lord in uh, prose, you know, sentences, common speech. But that's not what I started doing when I got hit with whatever hit me five weeks ago today, I, I, <laughs> you know, I sing to him. Now, you know, for some of us, that can be an uglier event than for others. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's just me and the Lord out there. And over the years, he's given me some songs. And generally, those are the ones I sing to him. And... Uh, Songs of Thanksgiving. And how did I make the decision? On January 31st, 2016, in prayer, the Lord gave me a song, and I had the presence of mind uh, to go in the house, get my phone, and record it. And so I was on that Thursday, the next day, that I was so gripped with... <laughs> 
It was enough pain to get your attention, I'll tell you that. And, uh, but as I'm singing, you know, I'm, I'm having thoughts, man. I better, I better call Austin. I better go to the hospital. I better whatever. And then I'm dead back on the bottom side over by the service gate. And I thought to myself, no, he gave me that song on January 31st, 2016. And he told me that from this day to your last day, when you need healing, sing this song until the quickening comes. Now, listen. I know people may think I'm out there, but I have lived my life by that voice, capital V. And the reason you're sitting here is because of that voice. The reason there's no debt here is because of that voice. I have followed that voice all of my life, and he has only led me into green pastures and beside still waters. And not one time has that voice failed me. And I made the decision. Hallelujah. And I'm here to talk about it. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you can't, you can't do that if you don't have previous victories. You see what I'm saying? You can't do that unless you've, uh, you know, you can't go up against Goliath unless you beat, you know, Larry Curley and Mo. I mean, you, you know, you've got to, you, you've got to go into battle. We said last Wednesday that when you decide to walk by faith and not by sight, you have taken on a lifetime endeavor of spiritual warfare for two reasons. Number one, we live in houses of clay. Number two, Satan is the God of this world. We know that from what the Apostle Paul wrote about these things. And he will be the God of this world until the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, not the parousia, the rapture. I'm talking about seven years after that. The, coming, the second coming of the Lord Jesus Christ when he establishes his rule and reign upon earth. And then actually, that's not even the end of it. Because a thousand years later, he's released and allowed to stir up any remaining rebels. And they gather in a place called Gog and Magog. And that's the end. And then God recreates the earth, makes it new. And yes, there will be natural peoples upon the earth forever. But uh, we will be the redeemed of the Lord forever. You understand, if somebody were to make it through the tribulation and make it through all of that and live through the thousand years and not rebel against the Lord, somebody made it all through all of that, they would not have the status you and I would because we will live for all of eternity in resurrected bodies like unto the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What a great place of honor he has bestowed upon us. So I don't mean to <clears throat> review all of these miracles from last Wednesday, but it just seems to me that it's so critical that we see the patterns. So last Wednesday, Mark, Matthew 8, chapter 1, when he came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. 
A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man so there was no fear. You know, during the pandemic, people were saying Jesus would have worn a mask. That's nonsense. Uh, no fear. I am willing, he said. So we see the heart position of the Lord Jesus Christ. Say it out loud. Tuck back, tell your neighbor, Jesus is willing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Jesus is willing. Be clean. So he spoke words. He spoke words. He spoke words. Now remember, we're saying, well, we're just rehearsing to you, John 14, 10. Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. And he said, I am willing be clean. Immediately he was cured of his leprosy. Verse 4, then Jesus said to him, see that you don't tell anyone, but go, show yourself to the priest and offer the gift Moses commanded as a testimony to them. So in almost every miracle, there's an action taken by man. And this miracle is unusual because the action comes later. But I want you to see, even though the Lord Jesus didn't demand an action from the man before the miracle, he demanded an action from the man after the miracle. Go and show yourself to the priest. And then we showed you Matthew 8, 5, when Jesus had come to Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. Again, we see Jesus is willing. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is willing. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Jesus is willing. Now, why, why do I repeat myself? Why am I going over this? Because Satan, Satan's gift is deception. And as long as he can get you into a frame of mind that you're trying to get God to do something, you're defeated. As long as, as long as you think your battle is with the Lord, then you're defeated. We've got to get this. Like John Osteen used to say, I want to, I want to drill it into you so hard that Satan and all of his demons can't talk you out of it. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word. Just say the word. See, this is a pattern. You see this with the healing of Naaman the leper in the Old Testament. But just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished. I mean, if you're going to find faith, you would expect to find faith from some Jewish scholar or some Jewish rabbi or somebody of the tribe. But he finds this faith in a Roman centurion. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth, Verse 13, then Jesus said, <laughs> then Jesus said, what are you saying? What are you saying? 
when a wife has symptoms or when a husband has symptoms or when a child has symptoms? What are you saying? Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. So the centurion had to take action. He had to go based upon Jesus saying something. Mark 2.1, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. So many gathered that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. He, he did what? See, this is the problem with laying hands on people indiscriminately. In order to get hands laid on you at Angelis Temple, when Amy Semple Fierson was, McPherson was alive, you had to sit in a service where they taught healing five times. And then if you went through the line and you did not get healed, you start over, you had to sit through teachings on healings five more times before she laid hands on you a second time. There's, there's a problem. You know, last two and a half years, we've talked a lot about immunity in the, in the news and the culture and all that. People end up with an immunity against the Bible. They end up with an immunity against the laying on of hands. They end up with, they, it's almost like they're inoculated with unbelief against. Because when you make something common, it's not special. Can you see that? Some men, came, some men came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four of them since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd. They made an opening in the roof above Jesus and after digging through it, lowered the mat the paralyzed man was lying on. So, so there's action. They took action. You see this over and over and over. When Jesus saw their faith, say it out loud. When Jesus saw their faith, Jesus saw their faith. what are you doing on a seven-day basis to show the Lord you believe? We said Sunday that it doesn't matter what the situation is. You're, you you want to have sex with somebody at work you're not married to. Uh, you know, you're stressed. You want to get a drink. Uh, uh, you know, you want to cheat the government. Uh, whatever the issue, have a pain in your body. We need to discipline ourselves that the first thing that comes to our mind is what does the word of God have to say about this? And if we'll discipline ourselves to, to ask that question first, every problem will get solved. You know, I, I told a man today on the phone, I, I said, the fact of the matter is you were healed 2,000 years ago on that whipping post. The fact of the matter is you were healed 2,000 years ago at Calvary's cross. Well, pastor, how do you know that? That's what the Bible teaches. Galatians 3, Matthew 8, 17, 1 Peter 2, 24. What does the Bible say? But see, we want to go, we want to find out what the Bible says when we, we've checked our, our, uh, our uh, after work uh, drinking buddies, we want to we want to check what the Word of God has to say after we've gone to thirteen doctors. We we want to see what the Word of God has to say after we've tried five prescriptions. We want to see what we want to we what we want to we want to look at what the Word of God. When we have exhausted every other possibility, then we want to go and find out what does God's Word say. Actually, we don't even want to find out what God's Word has to say. We just want somebody to lay hands on us and make this go the heck away.
doesn't work like that. Okay, so somebody's sick. What do you do? Well, you go to the ER. Well, they say, well, you know, you need a scan. We can't do that here. You got to go to the hospital. Okay, you got you got you, here's your copay. You go to the hospital. Okay, somebody just got out of med, med school three minutes ago. All right, so that's who, after you're after you're there after you're there seven eight nine hours because everybody in the county's got RSV from wearing a mask for two and a half years, and so. And so then, you know, you know, I mean, you know, people are, are dying left and right nearly, nearly. And, you know, you, you got to wait in line. You do all that. Then you see somebody got out of med school three minutes ago. And uh, he says, well, you need to see a specialist. Okay, here's a copay. Then you got to, then you got to, then you got to contact this specialist, you know, and then you got to go see this specialist. And he says, well, we're going to try this prescription. And you get the, then you got to, then you got to go somewhere else. You got to go get the prescription filled. Now you got to pay for that or, or pay the copay. Eh, it doesn't really work out, you know, it doesn't go away, you know, whatever. So you go back to that, that specialist and he says, well, we got to take your left leg off. You say, well, I better get a second opinion. So then you go to the next, there, there's a copay. Then you go to the next doctor, you know, you get your second opinion. Well, let's try this prescription. It's a different prescription. He puts you on this prescription. Now you got to go back to the drugstore. You got to pay for that to pay the copay. And then that doesn't work. Then you go back. Well, you know, that didn't work. Let's try this over here. And then you got another prescription and we will obey them at every doggone point and we will do what they say every minute of every day and we will obey and we will pony up and we'll pay the money and we'll try anything to get better except sit and be taught the word of God and give God what God says is his and follow instructions even when we get into the healing line. Last time I did a healing line, I told people to rejoice, and out of the whole crowd that came up, one young gal followed instructions. Pastor, why don't you do it more often? I, I just don't like being discouraged. One young gal, and she was dancing, she was rejoicing, she was happy. But the doctor, stand on your head, spit nickels, you know, whatever they say to do, you know, just do whatever they say, right, right, right? Come back Tuesday. Come back Friday. Uh, only need to see you one time next week, come Wednesday. Next week, well, we better see it three times next week. Come Monday, Tuesday, and Friday. And we'll, we'll just obey and obey and obey and obey and obey But Elisha says to Naaman, doesn't even come out and greet him. Go dip in the Jordan River seven times. Oh no, that's a dirty river, can't do that. But they'll sit in a dirty waiting room for nine hours. And everybody, you know, got RSV. You, if you're not sick, when you get there, you will be by the time you get to see somebody. When Jesus saw their faith, I want to be that guy. I said, I want to be that guy. 
You know, like Steve Deese is always saying, my man, my man, my man. I want God to look over the portals of glory and, and look at Gene Lingerfeld and say, my man. Because we're doing what pleases him. And what pleases him? Hebrews eleven six 6 is a verse 6. Without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Action. They took action. He said to the paralytic, son, your sins are forgiven. And then the Jews fussed over that. He said, verse 9, which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up, take your mat and walk. But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, again, he said, he said, he said, he said, it's words. He said to the paralytic, I tell you to take up your mat and go home. He got up, took his mat and walked out in full view of them all. You know, I know, the devil knew, those religious leaders knew, a paralyzed man can't get up, take his mat, and go home. But he did. Faith is the greatest power in the world today. And it is the most neglected power in the world today. Mark 5, when Jesus had again crossed over by boat to the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue rulers named Jairus came there, seeing Jesus. He fell at his feet, pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter's dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him, again, establishing the will of God. God forgive these preachers that have cast a shadow on the word of God. God forgive these preachers that have cast a shadow on the will of God. That sometimes it's the Lord's will to heal and sometimes it's not. If that were the case, you'd find it somewhere in the four Gospels. But it's not there. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse when she heard about Jesus. The word of God, when she heard about Jesus, Romans 10, 17 says, so that... So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me tell you what. These people have had us on pins and needles over this election for a month. And we get through it. And the first thing they do is ram through a piece of egregious legislation that they will use to disenfranchise religious liberty in the United States of America. And we think there's one party that's going to help us or save us. And 17 of them voted to get that egregious bill out of filibuster. If the entire Republican caucus were on fire in the parking lot tonight, I wouldn't even go out there and urinate on them. <laughs> they are worthless. They are, and then what do they do? They go right back and reelect the same leadership. And we think somebody's going to help us. Listen, all this, you know, idolatry for these politicians. We need to get off of that and we need to look to God because from, from whence cometh our help? Oh, I know from the Republican National Headquarters. No, no, no. From whence cometh our help? Oh, I know from Mar-a-Lago. No, no, no. From whence cometh our help? From the Lord. And anything you and I would like to see accomplished in these United States would happen on autopilot with a third great awakening. That's all it would take. That's all it would take. So rather than, you know, 
uh, carrying water for slugs. What if we spent all that time, we invest in all of this, and we cried out to the Lord, breathe upon these United States with thy Holy Spirit. Can I get an amen? Amen. 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 She heard about the Lord. So what are we talking about? Oh, this candidate and that candidate and this election. Hey, look, I don't know if you figured it out, but, you know, it's like, what do you want to get bit by, a copperhead or a rattler? When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak. So she did what? She took action. Because she thought, King James says, for she said, if I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Confessions, she said something. Now, this is new. This came to me today. It wasn't just confession. She said something. Do you get it? Words are part of miracles. And in Jesus' day, the words might have been spoken by him or the words might have been spoken by the faith-filled recipient. What have you filled? What have you, the Spirit of God is saying, what have you filled your heart with and what have you filled your mouth with? Many, many years ago, Sue and I were called to go pray for a young boy in Dallas and the situation, you know, was it was critical enough to get our attention to get right over to Dallas. We get over there, and uh, we were pretty amazed because the mom had spent so much time in there praising the Lord and dancing before the Lord. I mean, we walked in the room, and the anointing of God was in the room, and we, we walk in, and, and she's laughing. She said, there's nothing to pray for him about. You know, he's healed. It was just really quite an amazing experience. I mean, the anointing of God was on her. The anointing of God was in the room. And we, we kind of felt useless. But, you know, we rejoiced with her. And sure enough, you know, he got out. Everything was fine. I've never heard a, a thing about it since. What, is it, what have you filled your heart with? And what have you filled your mouth with? I think we fill our hearts and our mouths with worry. And then we wonder why we don't get a miracle. Verse 29, immediately her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. You know the story. At once Jesus realized the power had gone out from him and turned around in the crowd. Who touched my clothes? You see the people crowding against you and yet you couldn't ask who touched me, but Jesus kept looking around to see who had done it. Then the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell at his feet, trembling with fear, told him the whole truth. And then Jesus utters these amazing words, daughter, your faith has healed you. Your faith has healed you. And this has completely escaped us. We're blind to this. Your faith has healed you. And what, what, what was it about her faith? Well, she heard about Jesus. See, what are you listening to on your way to and from work? What are you putting before your eyes? What's coming in your eye gates? What's coming in your ear gates? What are you filling your mind with? What are you filling your heart with? She heard about Jesus and she said, see, sometimes the miracle happened when Jesus spoke words, but sometimes the miracle happened when the faith-filled recipient spoke words. 
she said. And if you, if you think about it, she got what she said. If I can but touch his, the hem of his garment, I will be healed. She got what she said. She took action. While Jesus was still speaking, verse 35, some men came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, your daughter is dead. They said, why bother the teacher anymore? And the Bible says in verse 36, ignoring what they said. And I'll tell you what, we got to do more ignoring in 2022 than we've ever had to do in our entire lives. And I've mastered this. You know, some of, I think sometimes people misunderstand me, but I've mastered this. 2022, 2020, see? You know, I ignored Trump, I ignored Pence, I ignored Burks, I ignored Fauci, I ignored them all, and I still ain't got it. I never even got my lollipop. I didn't get my free donut, didn't get anything. I ignored them. Why? Because they don't matter. There's some, there's some, some virus. What's rule number one? What does the word of God say about this? And the word of God says, Jesus took up my infirmities and he bore away my diseases and with his stripes. Yeah, but th this is novel. Yeah, it's novel. All right. Because uh, a, guy, a guy named Barak took uh, SARS CV1 and it re-engineered it in a lab to be more deadly, we know this because he's got a patent on it. You cannot hide a patent. Right. Amen. Then he came up with a cure. This is all in patents. Guess what the cure was? Ivermectin. This is you can look this up. And and there. Was it just three weeks ago, four weeks ago? They're at it again. They're weaponizing to make uh, what we call COVID, SARS, CV2. Uh, they're, they're making it something like 80 times more deadly. See, those are all details that we can ignore. I just brought it up to rock your boat. But we can ignore all that if we go by what God has said. See, man over here is doing this nefarious stuff. But if we will rehearse what God has said, what, what the, the nefarious stuff man is up to doesn't even affect us. Can you see that? We go by what God has said. Pastor, you can't believe this stuff. Well, this church is a big church, and we haven't buried anybody with COVID. Amen. Not one person. Amen. Not one. Not one. Amen. Pastor, I got the shot. What do I do? Believe God. Pastor, I didn't get the shot. What do I do? Believe God. Amen. Believe God. Whatever situation, it's like marriage, you know, whatever situation you find yourself in, believe God. <laughs> I'm single. What do I do? Believe God. I'm married. What do I do? Believe God. <laughs> Ignoring what they said, Jesus told the synagogue ruler, do, do not be afraid. Fear not. I love the King James. Fear not, only believe. He 
He didn't let anyone in except Peter, James, and John, the brother of Jesus. He went in, to, went in and said to them, verse 39, Why all this commotion and wailing? The child is not dead but asleep. But they laughed at him. And it says he put them all out. You're not going to get a miracle. You're not going to get the miracle you need until you're willing to put some people out. You can't exercise faith in a room full of unbelief. Well, if you were spiritual enough, pastor, you could. No, you can't. Mark 6, even Jesus could not heal the sick in, a, in an atmosphere of unbelief. So everything in, at Faith Christian Center is geared to raise your faith level. That's why we don't sing songs full of unbelief. took the child's father and mother and the disciples who were with him, the three, and went in where the child was. He took her by the hand and said to her, Talitha Kum, which means little girl, I say to you, get up. Now, now you're not dead. And, and yet people are shocked when they visit Faith Christian Center that I'm telling them God's going to tell you to do something. Look, he told a dead girl to do something. If he told a dead girl to do something, don't you think he's going to tell you to do something if you got a pulse? He's going to tell you to do something. You may as well just cross that bridge. He's going to tell you to do something. And the power's in the doing. Because by the doing, you prove you have faith in God. Matthew 14, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat, go on ahead of him to the other side while he dis dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went, went up on a mountainside to pray by himself. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Verse 25, during the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. Walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, he what? He said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. See, the Lord's willing, even if something maybe you ought not be getting into. The Lord's willing. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. So what did Peter do? Talk to me. What did Peter do? He what? He took action. Yeah, but he began to sink. Well, he did more than you have done. He did more than I've done. He suspended the laws of gravity. He suspended the laws that rule the earth. He took authority over what was. Sue is telling me today, Julia's convinced I have a pet eagle. I don't have a pet eagle, but I commanded the hawks to come and to eat my squirrels. And she's sitting right here. You can ask her every morning when the sun comes up and every afternoon as the sun's going down, those hawks swoop just below the tree line and they're hunting. And just the other day, you know, I saw a couple of squirrels and I said, I just said, you know, hawks, you're letting me down. You need to get, you need to eat these uh, squirrels. Now, you could sit there and think I'm crazy, but Julia thinks I've got a pet eagle. It's not an eagle. It's, it's a family of hawks. 
But I, I, I spoke and I commanded them to come and I told them what to do. And they're busy. They were out there hunting today, weren't they? Well, what do you have against squirrels? I just don't like them. <laughs> they, they tear up the cushions on the outdoor furniture. I mean, one squirrel can do $2,000 damage in 30 minutes. You have not because you ask not. When God set Adam and Eve in that garden, he made them the rulers of this earth. Who named all those animals? Talk to me. Who named all those animals? It was Adam. And when Adam sold out, he didn't have a moral right to do so, but he had a legal right to do so, and he handed the dominion of this world over to Satan. But we're, we're not lost. We're not undone. You know, I go through 10 things. I learned this in my battle. I go through 10, 10 things. Father God, you are my witness that 2,000 years ago, Jesus made an open show and spectacle of Satan on Calvary's cross. Father God, you are my witness that 2,000 years ago, Jesus put to naught every work of Satan on Calvary's cross. Father God, you are my witness that I have rebuked Satan and commanded him to take his hands off my body and take his hands off and name whatever the issue is. Father God, you are my witness that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I have commanded Satan to gather up his, his symptoms and leave me and never to return. Father God, you are my witness that I have pled the blood of Jesus over my body from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet and I've pled the blood of Jesus over and you name the whatever it is. Father God, you are my witness that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I have commanded my body to be healed and to be made every which way whole from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. Father God, you are my witness that I have believed the good report and I have confessed the good report that Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away my diseases. Father God, you are my witness that I have believed the good report and I have confessed the good report that by his stripes, by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. Father God, you are my witness that in my spirit, man, and in my mind, I have come into agreement with the word of God. And I have come into agreement with the word of God that says that Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away my diseases. And by the stripes of Jesus, I have been healed. And Father God, you are my witness that in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I have commanded my body to also line itself up to the word of God. Jesus took up my infirmities and bore away my diseases and with the stripes I have been healed. Now, Father God, based upon these 10 things to which you have witnessed yourself, I boldly declare in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth that I am healed, I am whole, I am well from the crown of my head to the soles of my feet. And I, go th I rehearse that five times. He's my witness. He's witnessed these facts. These are facts. He is my witness. Now, what, if you are going to court, what, what greater, higher witness could you have than the ancient of days? Father God, he's witnessed these things, and now I boldly declare. What am I doing? I'm siding in with the word because the only thing that really matters is what has God said. Pastor, you can't believe that. Well, let's say you die tonight and, uh, you know, we say some nice words over you and we stick you in a box in a concrete vault and, uh, 
and th there you lay, and it doesn't matter what they do to you. They can suck your guts out with the, uh, the, the wand, and they can fill your body with formaldehyde or whatever they do, but it doesn't matter, doesn't matter, doesn't matter, because from the, from the dust of the earth you came and to the dust of the earth you shall return. What are you counting on? What are you counting on? What are you counting on? What has God said? That we shall see him and we shall be like him. Well, if we're going to count on God on the big things, why can't we count on God on the little things? How do you know you're going to heaven? How do you know you're not going to hell? How do you know you won't burn in hell forever? What are you going by? Talk to me. What are you going by? The word of God. Well, if you're counting on, on the word of God on this huge issue, like, well, am I going to spend eternity in the city of God or am I going to spend eternity in a devil's hell and the flames of hell and torment forever? Well, why can't, why can't, we, believe, why can't we believe God on the little things? Why can't we go by the, by the word of God on the little things? Somebody might say, well, that's out there. No, you have not because you ask not. See, you have to have knowledge. You cannot, you cannot exercise faith on any word you do not have knowledge of. And that's why, that's why you go to, you know, wonderful churches. We won't name them, but, you know, wonderful churches that pre -sal preach salvation and nobody's baptized in the Holy Spirit. You know, wonderful churches that preach salvation and nobody ever gets healed. Why? Because faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. If you don't know it, you can't believe for it. We're watching an old series that was a favorite of mine when I was a child, The Guns of Will Sonnet. And, uh, you know, it's just really sad. It's really sad because it, it, it only lasted two years. But in every episode, there's scripture. In every episode, there's a prayer or sometimes two prayers. And I told Sue, it's sad. There's more, there's more scripture in one of these gunslinging Western episodes from the 60s than there is in the pulpits of America in 2022. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Amen. If you don't know it, you can't believe God for it. Amen. But Jesus said to them, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid, Lord, if it's you. Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. But when he saw the wind, verse 30, but when he saw the wind, but when he saw the wind, but when he saw the wind, Nearly everybody that I've come across in all these 49 years of preaching the gospel, they're going by the wind. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and began to sink. And never in your life have you ever seen anybody begin to sink. So the power of God was still working to some degree. You don't begin to sink, you kerplop. Lord, save me, get it? When Peter started going by what he saw instead of by what Jesus had said, he began to sink. There it is. There's your revelation of 2022. When Peter began to go by what he saw. Now look. What did Jesus say beginning of verse 29? What did Jesus say beginning of verse 29? You're going to die, Peter. 
You get out of that boat, you're a dead man. Is that what he said? What did Jesus say? Talk to me. What did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? But when Peter saw the wind, when he started going by what he saw, see, gates, eye gates, ear gates, nose gates, touching gates, when he began to go by what he saw, instead of going by what Jesus had said, he began to sink. There's some advantages to being older. The meltdown, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping and believing God it was my last beating. But you know, I came through it. I was bruised up a little, but I came through it. But I learned. We came through the COVID to 2020. I mean, I'd learned those lessons from the meltdown that I'm going to get what I say. And I'm going to stand like a piece of granite and I am not going to move and I'm not going to bend and I'm not going to bow and I'm going to believe God and I'm going to go by what God has said. They had everybody so freaked out, man. I mean, you know, there's a preacher down the road was wearing kitchen gloves, laying hands on the sick. You have never seen me do anything even remotely like that. And we just carried on as normal, preached the word of God lifted up the word of God, told people to have faith in God, laid hands on the sick, just acted like the word of God was so. And what did we get? We didn't get Fauci Burke's results, amen? I'm not up here doing the herky-jerky because I've had five shots, you know? I, I don't have a body full of these uh, things that look like blood clots, but actually they're not. Ain't nothing crossed my blood-brain barrier, hallelujah. I'm the blessed and the healed of Almighty God. Haven't had any of it. Are you hearing me? Yes. Amen. 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 Now they tell you, you know, your testosterone level will go down. Look, they should have told everybody that up front. Ain't nobody wanting that. <laughs> They're evil. We, we don't live, and I want you to see, we don't live in a generation that's misguided. We live in a generation that's evil. They're evil. They're monsters. That's right. They're monsters of iniquity. Right. Now, now these two big drug companies, now they're going to they're gonna do long-term studies on the effects. What? That might have been a good idea beforehand. Right. Pastor, you're hammering this. I want you to believe God. Amen. I want you to have faith in God. Amen. And listen, when you learn how to do this, it, these miracles we're talking about are about healing. But you can go back. The very first miracle of Jesus was a financial miracle. When you learn how it works, when you learn how to walk by faith and not by sight, it'll work in every realm. It'll work in the money realm. It'll work in every realm. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, whatever they got going, recession, constriction, quantitative tightening, I don't care what the heck they're doing. I'm blessed. I am the blessed of the Lord, my God. I am the anointed of the Lord, and I am blessed. I'm blessed when I come in. I'm blessed when I go out. I'm blessed when I get up. 
I'm blessed when I go to sleep at night. And even while I'm sleeping, the Lord my God is working on my behalf. Ain't no point two of us staying up. He's staying up anyway. Immediately, verse 31, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You have little faith. He said, why did you doubt? Mark 4, 35, that day when the evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Man, there's music in that. Let us go over to the other side. Let us go. He didn't say, let us die. He didn't say, let's die in the storm. He didn't say, uh, let's all drown. What did Jesus say? Talk to me. What did Jesus say? Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him all along, just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the winds broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. That's, wh that's who I want to be. Amen. Amen. Not acting like a bunch of six-year-old girls losing their minds. Because Jesus, why, why could he sleep in a storm? Because he had said, the Son of God had said, the Word of God had said, let us go over to the other side. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They're talking about drowning. Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. What are you talking about drowning for? Because Jesus said, see, the only thing that matters, the only thing that matters, you got to discipline yourself, steal yourself, stand against every seducing spirit, stand against the wiles of the devil, stand against lying symptoms, stand against the news, stand. Amen. We're coming up to Thanksgiving and Christmas and the holidays. You know, be careful who you have hang out with and invite and all of that but you got to learn how to stand you got to learn how to put people out I, it's better to not invite them than to have to put them out but I'm just saying you know that could cause a real ruckus Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion the disciples woke him and said to him teacher don't you care if we drown what are you talking about drowning for because Jesus had said, let us go over to the other side. Look, if Jesus says, let us go over to the other side, we are going to the other side. Amen. We ain't drowning. Hallelujah. Let us go over to the other side. When the disciples started going by what they saw, see, it's like what Peter went through. When the disciples started going by what they saw, instead of going by what Jesus had said, they became fearful. And if you haven't figured it out, that's what the whole agenda was in 2020 was to scare the living daylights out of everybody because if you get people scared, you can control them. Second Corinthians 5, 7, for we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 39, he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Yeah, but that was Jesus. There's not one time in four gospels Jesus referred to himself as the son of God. Every time he ever made such a reference over the course of four gospels, he referred to himself as the son of man. There's not one miracle he did, not one miracle he did, not one miracle he did that was not performed by somebody else in the Bible. Not one. He did not walk this earth. If he had walked this earth as God, then it would not be an example to us. But he did not walk this earth as God. He walked this earth as an anointed man. 
He got up, rebuked the wind and the waves, quiet, be still. The, then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why, were you, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Talk to me, what's it all about? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus' faith was in his word and all of Jesus' works were a result of his word. So I ask you again tonight, what have you got in your heart and what have you got in your mouth? And we sitting here tonight, you are absolutely the sum total of everything that you have chosen to listen to in the course of your life. You have no idea how strong I feel about it because of where we came from. We pioneered this church January 1, 1984. We didn't get out very, but a handful of months. And I told Sue, I need more information. Thank God, thank God, thank God. We went to Kenneth Hagin's uh, camp meeting the summer of 1984 in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I've heard John Osteen for the first time. I uh, heard Kenneth Hagin, the one that went to be with the Lord in 2003. Thank God, thank God, thank God. I mean, I, I don't say these things to be unkind or to be braggadocious, but there's nobody we went to Bible school that's even in the, operating in the same solar system we're operating in. Not one. And I don't, I don't take it upon myself that I'm so smart or whatever. We are the sum total of what we have chosen to listen to. But people will pick a church based on the color scheme in the fellowship atrium or people will pick a church on, you know, uh, that they don't have offerings. They got, they got uh, receptacles in, in the, uh, the, uh, the foyer. They handle God's money like when I was a boy, like they used to handle cigarettes in department stores. They got receptacles out there in the, the lobby. It's God's money. We do what God tells us to do, which gives us the ability to stand in the onslaught and say to that devil, you have no place in my life. You have no authority in my home. Take your hands off my body. Take your hands off my family. You take every lying symptom and you leave now and you don't ever come back. Do you understand? When you're a doer of the word of God, it puts steel in your backbone. When you listen to the right stuff, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You know in whom you have believed and you're not going to let a little wind dissuade you and you're not going to let a little pain dissuade you and you're not going to let a little financial setback dissuade you. We just keep on keeping on. We keep pressing forward because we know in whom we have believed. And he's not going to let us down. Now it might not happen as fast as we want. Because we've got a government. And we've got a devil. And that's kind of like saying the same thing twice. And, uh, and we, we've got the, we got the forces of the darkness that oppose us. And we got all this stuff going on. And also we live in vessels made of clay. And so the fight's on. And I hope you wake up and you realize whether you have joined the fight or not, the fight's on. Because Satan is wicked and he's evil. The Bible says in Revelation that he has come down to the earth and he is filled with fury because he knows his time is short. 
And if you've not figured it out, I mean this evil, wicked, diabolical senator from New York stands up today and says, you know, we, we're not replacing our numbers. Well, hell no, we're not replacing our numbers when you murdered 64 million of them in the womb. evil, wicked, and then get everybody mandated, you know, in the military and all these uh, healthcare workers. And all. Why, why in the world? Why in the world? I know he's not watching, but why in the world are healthcare workers still mandated in many places to get this mRNA DNA changing experimental drug? 31,000 are dead. And you know that's underreported and they've called the numbers. Look it up. V-A-E-R-S. VAERS. 31,000 plus are dead. I'm not talking about, you know, they've had a hiccup. They're dead. And you can't go on social media any day of the week without seeing people, you know, with, I mean, it's, it's terrible what's happened. Terrible. We, we saw a documentary about a guy had his left leg taken off as a side effect. Oh, you know, here, here's, here's a payout. You're okay. You know, it's just your left leg. Man, I'm telling you. And I mean, I faced it for 49 years plus. You know, people, you know, they don't want to hear about the word of God. They don't want to hear about showing up in church. They don't want to hear about giving God what God says is his, you know. And we don't want to hear about, you know, confession. And we don't want to, we don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. We don't want to hear it. Well, I'll tell you what, I can't get enough of it. I tell you what, I'm living the life. I'm living the life based upon what I have chosen to listen to all of these years. Hallelujah. And thank God I've been listening to faith fathers and I have not been listening to doubt peddlers. Thank God, thank God, thank God. I've been listening to faith fathers and I haven't been listening to lions politicians. Hallelujah. I'm here to tell you tonight, you can have faith in God and you can make your dreams come to pass and you can live in your dream house and you can, well, you can't drive your dream car anymore because that's not, you know, that's illegal. But you, you can, you know, I mean, we live in a country where you cannot choose the car you drive, but you can choose your gender. I mean, I'm telling you though, hallelujah, you can believe God, you can, you can live the life, you can see your dream and your, your dreams and your visions come to pass, hallelujah. I'm here to tell you tonight, he is our father and he has spoken. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by what? Every word that comes from the mouth of the Father, so you find it. And the Bible tells us in Jeremiah, he says, I am watching over my word to perform it. So again, what is in your heart and what is in your mouth? Because when you get up in the morning and you got the words of the living God coming out of your mouth, you've got Father God's attention and he's watching over your life and he's watching over your home and he's watching over your family and he's watching watching over your business and he's watching over your money and he I don't know if they have a convo between the three of them but if they did it would be something like this my my goodness he's got the word of God in his mouth so we got to beat a path down there send the angels down there do whatever we got to do to make the word come to pass because he's not talking about his theories his ideas his opinion what 14 experts said he's got our words in his mouth we got to beat a path down there and make our words come to pass in his life because he's got some faith going. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
Are you hearing me? Our Lord Jesus Christ is our high priest. The Bible says in Hebrews, he is the high priest of our confession. So we got to give him something to say amen over. And the number one thing he's looking to say amen over is his own word. What have you been listening to? And what have you filled your heart with? And what have you filled your mouth with? Amen. 